0: QTRA's Excel V Plus is really two different lasers in one adorable little laser box, says Dr. Jeffrey Dover, co-director of Skincare Physicians in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, outside of Boston, and host of QTR Experts Corner. In this third episode of the series, he leads a discussion about the versatility of the device.
1: Let's start off uh, this section by talking about the two wavelengths in the box. It's really two different lasers in one adorable little laser box, but really you have two lasers, and I'm not sure that all of our users or all of our colleagues realize how versatile that other wavelength is. So we've talked a lot about 532, good for
0: pigment, good for vascular, but what about the 1064? Dr. Omar Ibrahimi, in private practice in Connecticut, where he focuses on aesthetics, skin cancer, and Mohs surgery, was the first to weigh in.
2: So I think, actually, if you think back at QTERA and, and their history, they're actually known for making the best 1064. It's got a real kind of true pulse, um, and, it, and it's, I, I would say, the gold standard of 1064s uh, that are commercially available. Um, so this, this wavelength um, in, in my practice, I use it, for a variety of things. Um, So treating veins around the eyes, um, treating post sclerotherapy where I've gotten matting um, and I wanna clean up and there's a deeper component to it. Um, Treating um, deeper or larger vascular lesions like venous lakes, um, things like that. And I know this kind of sounds silly to to say, um, but I think with the XLV Plus now with having such large spot sizes, you can actually do clinically relevant hair removal um, with this device, which is really nice and you couldn't do previously.
1: Well, uh, just to add to that last comment, I actually use it for hair removal because it's so much less painful than the other deliverers of Long Pulse nd Ag. I'm not sure exactly why, but it works exquisitely well for hair removal, as good as any of the other Long Pulse nd Ag lasers. Versatile, fast, big spot size, and the pain level is way lower than the others. So for sensitive teenage patients of mine who are dark skinned with a lot of hair,
0: I have to tell you it's become a workhorse. Dr. Vic Ross, Director of the Laser and Cosmetic Dermatology Unit at Scripps Clinic in San Diego, agrees.
3: Yeah, I agree. That's one of the things we do use it for, too. I, I know Qteria makes the light HR, which is a more powerful one, but the, the contact cooling is key, and uh, we did an experiment about a year ago also showing there was plume suppression with the contact cooling versus the spray cooling and refrigerated air. So that's another consideration with your staff and patients. So it, the smell doesn't it isn't quite as bad, and, and the bigger, thicker sapphire block really does add a lot of comfort.
1: Vic, sure, thanks. Omar, you treat a lot of vascular patients, people with facial redness. Do you use a lot of 1064? Is it
2: it used a lot in your practice? Um, So more for kind of rosacea and and along those lines, I tend to use the 532. Um, I don't really, you know, I'm I'm a little wary of using 1064 to to treat telangiectasias on the face. I think you can do it, um, but you have to be very careful. You have to be um, you know, slow with how you're laying the spots down and trying not to overlap too much. But what about other indications? What do you use the 1064? You've talked about it a bit. Do you do that a lot? Um, sure, so treating, treating like a venous lake or, or something, um, or a larger kind of angioma, um, I think the 1064 is great. Um, I use it a lot, um, especially on, on the lip. Um, you can dial down the spot to, to kind of match the size of the lesion clinically. I usually put a finger around the other side, um, deliver a pulse. Usually you can see this little endpoint of a little contraction. You can feel a little kickback on your finger, and, and it's beautiful. This is something with you know one treatment, the lesion can go away, and, and these patients will love you.
0: The 1064 wavelength can be very useful for periocular veins. That's where Mary Lupo, a cosmetic dermatologist in New Orleans, uses it the most.
4: This is the number one use in my practice for the 1064. And I think the reason for that is, is I do so much filler. And an unintended consequence of temple filling is making those veins often more prominent. And uh, sometimes, I mean, they had it before, but I think they make them more noticeable. And uh, the important points are that you must have the treatment be outside the orbital rim. And uh, angle the the beam away from the orbit, but this is an extremely effective method. And there are many things that make a woman who might have lovely skin feel like they look older. And the skeletal uh, temple with or without the bulging, noticeable blue veins are two of the things that really say I'm old. And women absolutely love to get rid of that, both of them, the temporal atrophy and the, uh, the, the, the temporal and periorbital veins.
1: Mary, I'm glad we talked about this. It's something that I was originally somewhat fearful of doing. You're near the eye, you've got 1064, it's a potentially hazardous wavelength. I tell you, I do it on a very regular basis in my practice. Uh, I've only had one patient not respond now in 10 years. And I love doing it because we are safe, we're very cautious. I personally do it. I never delegate it, ever, not even to another physician, uh, just because I'm so concerned. But as with you, we get beautiful results, men and women, more often in men, especially fair-skinned women, where you can see through the skin, that translucent, beautiful skin. Blue veins are a giveaway. But it's actually partly genetic and partly an age-related thing. And it's one of those things patients rarely come in asking. But have you noticed when you say, by the way, have you noticed you have little blue veins there or big ones? They say, yes, I've always wanted to treat them, but I didn't know you could. It's not well known. Would you agree?
4: Absolutely. In fact, that's a great idea. I think I may post a before and after on Instagram <laughs> because people don't know. You know. When you post something that isn't widely known, you get phone calls and people go, I didn't know you could do that.
1: It's interesting, we wrote a blog about a Venus Lake a few years ago. I cannot believe how many people have seen this blog. I didn't know anybody saw the blogs that I write, because it seems like it goes out into the netherworld. This was a psychiatrist, 70-year-old woman, who came in. She had seen a Harvard-trained dermatologist who was referring her to an oral surgeon for a lip wedge excision. And she said to the dermatologist, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to find someone else. So she found me, walked in, and I said, we can treat that in one treatment, and it'll disappear. And she almost started to cry. We did some, took some pictures, did the treatment. She was ecstatic. First thing she did was she went right back to the dermatologist and yelled at him and said, you're not a very good dermatologist. You need to learn what your colleagues are doing. So she let us post the pictures and a little blog. And since then, people come in and say, "I saw this picture of this woman. You treated it's so interesting."
4: I had the exact same thing happen to me. Not the vlog, not the not the blog part, but a woman who came to me for a second opinion because someone wanted to do a lip wedge for a Venus lake. I, I was right. I, my jaw. I think right. I think I have a bruise from <laughs> where my my chin hit the ground. I so couldn't believe it. So XLV
1: plus ten sixty four. I just happened to like three millimeter spot and about 40 milliseconds, pretty high energies, 140 to 160 joules per centimeter squared, almost painless, exquisite results, almost no downtime. Sometimes two or three treatments if they're big, it's remarkable. But you have to let your colleagues who are non dermatologists, non skin experts know about it because they don't know it's available. The
3: other thing I'll add is I, I do treat uh, th- that area, but also veins, thicker veins on men's noses I treat with the 1064, these bigger vessels that are like .8 to 1.2 millimeters because oftentimes at 532 they'll spasm, but they'll come back. And the other thing I do with the Dermstadt handpiece, on very fair skinned uh, women, they'll get these tiny vessels on their upper eyelid, which they, they hate, and I'll take the little Dermstadt handpiece, use the Zimmer Air cooler, and, and put an eye shield in, and you can very, very cleverly, you can watch them just go away, it's very nice, and it's you don't have to put the big thick sapphire window on there which is nice as well.
1: So this is very important. The operative though is the eye shield. You do not want to treat the upper lid without putting an eye shield in. It's easy to learn how to do. You can be taught by ophthalmologists or ophthalmologic technicians. We do it a lot. You do not want to treat that upper lid and hope you don't damage the eye. It is not worth it but beautiful results. Men and women alike. It's pretty common actually and we used to be afraid to do it but it works well. Omar, let's move on to laser genesis. We touched about this briefly in another segment, but this is an important part of your practice. Tell us what it is.
2: So laser genesis, uh, basically what it does is it takes the 1064 nanometer wavelength um, and it uses it at a 300 microsecond pulse duration, um, and it's relatively low fluences, so um, uh, typically around 5 joules per centimeter squared, and you're basically kind of painting the face um, and typically, you, you do about 5,000 pulses to cover a face. Um, what I find that it's it's really great at is um, taking that young patient who wants to do something preventative or you know do something like a lunchtime procedure because especially the younger patients they don't want to deal with you know even a couple of days of downtime. They want something that's lunchtime um, that's going to help preserve collagen. Um, it's, it's great for young patients that have uh, post-acne erythema, um, people that like pore improvement or texture improvement. Um, and I find oftentimes it's a great way to hold my patients um, that I've achieved a good result um, with my 532, um, traditionally treating their rosacea. To, to kind of keep their Rosacea at bay with um, lower downtime kind of procedures. So it's really kind of a versatile thing. I, I, I don't know if I can really explain the mechanism by which it works. Um, but you know, I, I can tell you clinically, I, I, you know this is probably the most common use of my device, and it's something I can delegate because um, it's, it's relatively safe and easy to do. So if you have someone trusted, it doesn't require the doc to actually be in the room. you can, you can hand it off.
1: One more thanks. Let's go over this again. 1064 for patients who want either pore improvement or texture improvement or red improvement. How about brown?
2: Um, I, I think you know. Certainly, there's there are some conditions where you can where you can treat brown with the 532. So um, let's go back.
1: I, but we've been talking about 1064 Genesis, correct? Correct. Good. So that's why I asked that question. So the 1064 Genesis, for the most part, would not help dyspigmentation, dyschromia, as Mary has described, brownish freckling. So that's the new 532 Genesis, which is brand new to the XLV+. Tell us about
2: that and how you use it. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the, the nice things I don't think we've discussed is that now we're able to, to do the same thing, microsecond pulses, with the 532 nanometer um, um, wavelength. And so, um, you know, obviously, I think this is something where, you know, it's got a much higher absorption of not only just uh, vascular, but also melanin. Um, so I think it's, it's, you know, traditionally what I was doing before to treat pigment. I was actually using my Enlighten and doing picotoning with that. But, um, you know, I think this 532 is going to open up a, a, a lot of potential avenues to actually not only just treating pigment, but vascular lesions. I think we're, you know, we're still in the early phases of sorting out what it's going to be really useful for though.
1: Could you imagine doing 1064 genesis and 532 genesis on the same patient on the same day?
2: I've 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 actually tried like that. Half and, and half. I've i I've, I've tried not only half and half, but doing um, um, both in in the same area, and it doesn't appear to add to the downtime. W-
1: would you do one before the other? Which what in particular?
2: Um, I, w- I would probably start with layering the deeper one first, and then and then coming more superficially. So 1064 and then 532.
1: Mary.
4: So I agree with you. We're still kind of learning. It's going to be very interesting when we talk in a few months and see what we're doing. But you didn't mention one of the things that I really use the 1064 Micropulse for, and that is for active acne. And you know, as far as the mechanism of action, I think it has a direct effect on the sebaceous gland. And uh, I have a group of patients in my practice who absolutely want absolutely no oral medication. They want no Accutane. They want no oral antibiotics. Maybe they'll let me give them a topical, but they want something that's natural or non-invasive and it, they're they're incredibly happy. They get very nice results. We package it with uh, six treatments, and they come in, and they really like it. So that is another avenue for younger patients besides the millennial, you know, facial, you know, sort of facial toning with the 1064 Micropulse. Use it for active acne.
1: Mary, thanks. So let's go to some details. 1064 Genesis Procedure. Am I Yes. Right? Is it still 5,000 pulses?
4: I use actually closer to 7 to 8.
1: And how long does it take to do a whole face 7,000 pulses?
4: No more than 15 minutes.
1: And I'm guessing it's the heat that's somehow damaging the sebaceous activity glands or the P. acnes, but... Vic, yeah. what do you
3: think? There have been very few articles on this. There was a, a Japanese article many years ago that looked into laser genesis and why it might work. And there were a lot of cytokines involved. And that probably mirrors what uh, Seton and Chu had done with the old pulse laser, the low fluence pulse di-laser. It's There is some heat but it's, it's not direct heating of the vessels in the sense that you're closing the vessels, but this heat starts this cascade of events, which presumably releases cytokines, which helps with acne, acne scarring, and some dispigmentation all at the same time, because it's been used for lots of things. And I think the mechanism is still challenging, but it does work in most patients. Right. So what's very important here is, sometimes we don't know
1: why something works, but if everybody gets it to work over and over again, then you do it. Um, it's safe. And it's effective, and Vic doesn't know why it works, and if he doesn't know, no one knows. But we'll one day know, but clearly it's multifactorial. But there, but- there
3: are a host of patients who, I agree with, with Mary, is that they don't want medication. I don't know why they come to see me sometimes because they say, I want to do spironolactone. I want to do Accutane, I want to do this, I want to do that. I do teach and that works well. So a teach. <laughs> we probably Cutera, should package t all with the laser genesis package, and we could probably have all these holistic, happy people and get nice results. I don't know what the... The reason is it's this, and I, I agree, there's, I think Western medicine is is sometimes we do too much, but I think that the laser really plays a role here, particularly in that group of patients sometimes.
4: You know, I think it was Kligman years ago who said that it takes a while for science to validate the observations of good physicians.
1: Well, Mary, you're right. Um, Albert Kligman developed a retin-A, for those of you who don't know, and a bunch of other things, and for years he was a big proponent of using tretinoin or Retin-A for photoaging. Mm-hmm. Ken Arnt and I wrote a series of articles in JAMA. It was called the Contempo Issue. Every year was an update of every specialty and so we were given the great honor of doing it for years and we wrote on several occasions about how there was no data to support Albert Klegman's claims that tretinoin helped photoaging. And we said, until there's some data, we can't really recommend and don't think people should. Well, finally, they did a 3,000-patient study, which showed unequivocally it's the best thing for photoaging, And to this day, 20-plus years later, it still is. So we recanted and said he was right. But he was a brilliant man. And he was a observant. A little, little outrageous, but brilliant. And he was very observant. He was right. And the science finally caught up to his observations, as it will in this case. But we have Mary, to my right, who treats a lot of patients. If it didn't work, they would tell her,
4: right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you know, the business model of our, of our practices is to deliver results for our patients. And very seldom do they question your methods if you give them the results. So I guess in their mind, the end does, does justify the means. Mm.
1: Thank you very much. Let's finish with a couple of other topics. Let's talk a bit about variable cooling. This device has the best cooling in the industry. It's as good as an ice cube, but way tidier, Right. It's bulk cooling. Vic, you're an expert in cooling. What's so special about variable cooling, and how does this work?
3: Well, as Omar uh, referred to earlier, the the advantage is you can titrate the cooling to either uh, enhance vascular damage or pigment damage. So as you increase the cooling temperature from 5 to 10 to 15, you're going to pick off pigment more, and as you decrease it, pick off vessels more. So you can really titrate it to the application. So that's, that's a nice enhancement that this tool has. And so how does it work? So I, if I'm someone looking at this device, but it's not in front of me,
1: where's the cooling? Where does it come from?
3: Well, the cooling comes from uh, water that circulates through the handpiece, and it cools sapphire. Sapphire has extraordinarily Uh, high thermal conductivity and so the so-called heat transfer coefficient which is the amount of heat that can be extracted from the skin to the handpiece, is extraordinarily high and the nice thing is you can just titrate this thing to change the heat transfer coefficient which is which is really nice so it's it's a it's a great tool to have and it takes a little practice thing to know exactly where to go to to find that sweet spot
1: but remarkably uh, the design of this is so elegant And it's so quick. You literally hit the temperature you want, five degrees centigrade is the coldest it goes. If it any colder, you'd actually freeze the skin and cause side effects. And it gets there in a matter of a minute, maybe a little more on a hot day. And when you touch your skin, it's unbelievably cold. And it's this big, beautiful window, uh, but it doesn't affect your vision or visibility. In fact, it enhances it. It is remarkable. So you can get away with treatments, which otherwise would be very painful and would cause blistering and scarring. But you got protection with cooling. And compared to what we had originally, where we put what we called the Popsicle in the freezer, and then we attached it to the end, and it chilled for seconds, and then it was warm again, and the patient would start to jump off the table. The difference is just unbelievable. So those who were just starting out with these devices assume it was always this good, but the engineers at Qterra deserve a lot of credit for having made a device that's so user-friendly, for non-engineers. Wouldn't you agree?
3: I I agree. the old days you were like a test pilot. Every laser case was an adventure because the cooling was so unpredictable. We had white dots on patients and we would would start off well, but like the popsicles you talked about, they would warm up during the case. And now it's not an adventure at all. Everything was just much harder before, but now we can very safely apply these tools and it's just a much more elegant procedure for the patient and the doctor.
1: Now, not to say that these are now idiot-proof
3: procedures, but it takes some of the guesswork
1: out so the artistry is now in the hands of the physician or treating individual, as opposed to worrying about the technology failing and wondering what settings to use and how, how often to go over the area. Why don't we finish by asking the three of you, tell us about what you love about this XLV Plus. Why do you like it better than XLV? Why do you like it more than the Pulse Dye? Why is it such a workhorse in your practices? Let's start with Mary.
4: So I would never have a pulse die uh, because I didn't like the, the 220, the heat, the size, the noise, the recalibration. Those of you who know me know I have zero patients. So the, I love the speed of this device, the reliability, the elegance of it, the sophistication of it, the variety of patients that I can treat. I love the fact that it went big and it went small. Uh, compared to what we had before, and uh, it, it is, without question, I think the first best device for a dermatologist to purchase, because they can integrate it into their medical practice with their acne and their rosacea patients. They can kind of pivot a little bit to things like venous lakes and periorbital veins that aren't obvious obviously cosmetic but they are cash pay treatments they're not covered by insurance and you can go all the way to elegant aesthetic treatments to improve the canvas of the skin help the red and the brown and the texture and have a lot of very happy patients and you're treating everyone from early 20s for the laser toning and and, and maybe the acne to 80-year-olds who have venous lakes and the large veins. So that's our practice. We see them from cradle to grave. And if I don't have a large pediatric population, but obviously with a pediatric population, you can treat the port wine. So this is really a cradle to grave uh, device that um, is a very uh, a good return on your investment if you are investing in laser technology as a dermatologist.
1: Mary, thank you, Omar.
2: Yeah, you know, I think Mary did such a wonderful job uh, uh, highlighting the beauty of this device. Um, at the end of the day, as a small practice owner, this is a device that that's just being used all day, every day. I can hand it off for certain procedures where I don't need to be in the room. It's it's reliable. Um, it, you know, there's no consumable aspect to this device, so it's it's really a dream device from from a financial perspective. As as a laser dermatologist, I'm, I'm I'm just in love with the fact that it makes me better. And one of the advantages we have as dermatologists is clinically we can kind of sort out what these lesions are. And and the things like the enhanced cooling and and the variable cooling and being able to adjust the temperature or knowing when to use a large spot size or when to when to use the dermostat handpiece. These things they they did just basically augment me and help me get better results for my patients. And that makes me look good in their eyes. And and at the end of the day, it's happy patients are going to keep your practice thriving.
3: Omar, thank you. Vic? Yeah, we look at the XOV like the Tom Brady of lasers. If it goes down, it's a catastrophe, and the team will not perform nearly as well, certainly won't win a Super Bowl. And the critical two things that Mary left out, but she did a great job last week, this is so easy, two things I want to point out. One is the relative portability of the device. It's not something you can roll around like a hypercater, but it moves relatively seamlessly from room to room uses the 110, and the second thing is the interface. The interface itself is fairly elegant, it's very easy to use, it doesn't take a lot of work to change the wavelength and change the spot sizes, and that saves time. And I'm impatient too, I I might be more impatient than Mary, and I I told a nurse the other day, I said, we'll never get that five minutes back. When, When we lose five minutes, I say, that time never comes back, and that clock is very important, and the time it takes to take a slider out and recalibrate, you never get that time back, and I'm not such a great conversation with my patients, I'd rather just get the procedure done And so let's move, and that's what the XLV does great. Well, the three of you described it so well. This is one of the devices where the list of the attributes
1: is so long, it's hard to encapsulate. It's like going to a great restaurant where you want all the appetizers and all the entrees and all the desserts, which doesn't happen very often, right? But it's small and it's versatile. 110, it's quiet, turns on and turns off. Never breaks, so as Vic said, it's timely. Uh, 532 and 1064, treats red, treats brown, treats acne, treats vessels on the face and on the legs, can even do hair removal, uh, and it, it works every time you turn it on. So it sounds to me like it's really hard to believe But the XLV Plus is even better than the XLV. When I first heard they were gonna upgrade the XLV, I thought, why would you do that? It's, my, it's our best device. In the end, Dr. Dover says, now the best device got even better.
0: If you haven't listened to the first episodes in the Futera Experts Corner series, listen now to discover more about Excel V You can also learn more by visiting futera.com. Thanks for listening.